That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and we have double our pleasure today. We have two aldermen who are key members of Mayor Lightfoot's leadership team. Gil Villegas, who is her floor leader and economic development chairman, Alderman Matt O'Shea from the 19th Ward, who will remain aviation chairman, a very important role because you're presiding over the massive O'Hare expansion. Let's start a little bit by how did you get started? What did you do before you were an alderman, Matt? Um, I, I had always been active in, in politics and community uh, in the 19th Ward since growing up. But, uh, I was a social worker for many years, working in the court system with DUI and drug offenders. Uh, I worked for my predecessor, uh, Alderman Ginger Rugai, for many years. Uh, all of that work, both in the neighborhood um, and for, for Ginger, uh, helped me prepare this for this job. And Gil, you're going to be the guy with the whip, cracking the whip <laughs> to get the votes for Mayor Lori Lightfoot. What did you do that prepared you for this? Uh, well, I was uh, a deputy director with the Illinois Department of Transportation, where I oversaw uh, mega projects throughout the throughout the state on the on the highways. Uh, then I ran a trade association where I did a lot of advocacy down in Springfield and in Washington D.C. Uh, for a 300 membership organization. Uh, and then I was tapped to be the chief of staff at the Capital Development Board, where I oversaw a 3.9 billion dollar capital program, along with 150 staff throughout the state, working real closely with the legislative branch. Okay, so you know how to get along with people. I take it. Yes, ma'am. You're going to have to marshal the votes. Does she have the votes to deliver the city council leaders that she has chosen? Yeah, I think that right that now, right now, uh, in the, having discussions with uh, a number of my colleagues, I feel confident that we'll have the votes necessary to to uh, pass the ordinance of the reorganization. What are the numbers? I would say that I've had numerous conversations with my colleagues. I feel comfortable. Um, 26? I mean, you can't have just 26. You need more. It'll be north of 26. North of 26. Will be north of 30? It kind of needs to be north of 30. It'll be north of 30 as well. It will be north of 30. Will it be north of 35? I feel confident that we're going to have the votes necessary to get... North of 30 is what you're prepared to say. Yes. Is it bigger than a bread box? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Matt? Uh, How many votes does she have? I think there'll be 35. 35 votes, really. And the reason being that this is a carefully crafted reorganization. 18 committees. I mean, why does she have 35 votes in this unpredictable city council? You know, I, we've read the last few weeks some of our colleagues are, have been upset about different issues. But at the end of the day, I think we all know we're there to do a job. We're there. We need to work with Mayor Lightfoot. We have a tremendous amount of serious problems we need to get busy on, and we need to put our differences aside here. 
with this uh, reshuffling of the deck, so to speak, with the chairmanships, and get to work. But there's talk, Gil, of separating the vote and voting individually on each of the chairmen. If that happened, Scott Wagsback, would he have the votes? He's not popular. He's her finance chairman, but he is not popular with his colleagues. Well, that's yet to be affirmed. I think people were talking about different scenarios, but I feel confident that we're going to move forward with the existing ordinance and have and have the ability to put forward the leadership that's currently being uh, uh, being put forward to to get the votes. I think I, I feel good that we're going to we're going to pass this ordinance. I don't I don't anticipate uh, any type of other resolutions or ordinances coming forward that are going to separate the votes. And there will be one vote, one vote on the entire package. Correct. Why is it that Scott Wagesback is not popular with his colleagues? What is it about him that rubs people the wrong way? Um, my, my own opinion of Scott is uh, I consider Scott a friend. Um, certainly we've had our differences on issues, but um, he does his research. He's a sharp guy. Um, from time to time, uh, occasionally he was outspoken, uh, whether it was with uh, the prior administration or with some of his colleagues on issues, but um, I always appreciated the fact that he spoke up. But he's he gets under people's skin. Gil, why? Well, I, th- I think that he, um, well, first of all, he asks a lot of questions, and he represents a ward, and he's looking out for his constituents, and so he has every right, just like everyone else, to either support or not support an issue. And you sh- Alderman should be asking questions of the executive branch because I mean, we are the check and balance. So we should be asking questions. Some people will get upset that people ask questions. And the reality is it's his right to do that. Right, but it's not that. It's not really just that. What is it? Well, I, th- I think that for, for uh, in my opinion, there's not enough questions being asked. And so when someone starts asking questions, they think like, what is this person doing? Why is he going against the grain? When in fact, that's his responsibility. He should be asking questions. Because just because the executive branch proposes something doesn't mean that automatically the legislative branch should go with it. They should have the ability to offer uh, a different type of program or a different type of plan, at least have some room for negotiations and back and forth. Is it the way he does it, Matt? There's an old adage, it's okay to disagree. You just can't be disagreeable. I would say sometimes that applies. But I respect Scott. Uh, as I said, he's a sharp guy. does his research, um, sometimes the way he goes about it. But moving forward, um, you know, he is her, who she has chosen. She would like to lead finance. And uh, I look forward to working with him. And I think we're going to be fine with this vote on Wednesday. Is he going to have to change a little bit, his demeanor? I- what would you suggest to him? Exactly that. Change his demeanor a little bit. Um, to be what? To just be willing to work more with people, um, not to be so outspoken at times. Um, Holier I, than thou? A little bit of that, yeah. Um, but I, I think a, a, any type of organization like this um, need someone like a Scott Wagesbach. Uh As Gil said, you know, there's checks and balances. Gil, what do you think? What's your, what's your advice well, to Scott? I, I think that um, now you're going to be a chairman of a committee. And, it's, and you have approximately 30 to 35 members that are going to come to you with all types of issues, requests. And I think that um, 
you know, before you, you were on the outside, now you're on the inside. And now you've got to take into consideration all your colleagues' thoughts the same way that you had ideas and, and thoughts uh, that maybe went on deaf ears. This time you're going to be in a position to incorporate some of their ideas, incorporate some of their thoughts. And I think that uh, he'll be in a better position. Um, so your advice to him is? My advice to him is just to come in with an open, open mind, uh, listen to your colleagues about some of the issues that they may be putting forward, and take it into consideration. Doesn't mean you're going to have to take their advice all the time, but it's good to, to good to listen from, uh, to take some some ideas from some of your colleagues because again they have a different perspective. I mean he represents. Quit preaching and listen. I think, I, I would say I wouldn't say preaching so much. I just I would just take take a look at the fact that he represents a pretty affluent area and some of the members on his committee not so much yeah. and so they'll be having different perspectives so he'll have to take that into consideration. Now when when Lori Lightfoot <coughs> did this when she turned to the city council in her inaugural address and she kind of gloated and said the reform is here and get up and you know you've got to support this was that hard to hear? What, what did that feel like? Um. It felt like there were 10,000 people looking at me with a spotlight on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't the most comfortable And feeling. you were in the shower nude probably too. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> I hate to be it was, graphic, but. It was a little uncomfortable. Um, I was glad my wife was next to me for that. That helped. Uh, I mean. Did she grab your hand and squeeze yeah, she, it? She squeezed a little tight. Um, <laughs> I mean, Seriously, it, what did it feel like? I mean. I wasn't offended. You know, you and I spoke the, the day of the inauguration. I wasn't offended. Um, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated about, um, you know, we're constantly reading and hearing um, about investigations and wrongdoing by our colleagues. Um, since I've been alive, you know, more than 30 aldermen have been uh, found guilty or pled guilty to corruption in the city council. Uh, that's frustrating to me. You know, oftentimes when I'm when I'm out and about, and people say, "What do you do for a living?" <laughs> oh, I work for the city. <laughs> oh, what do you do? <laughs> oh, I, uh, I work down at City Hall. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not quick at times to say, "Oh, I'm I'm an alderman." You're embarrassed. Uh, it, it's uncomfortable at times as you're in, in you know, whether you know, with a group of parents that you know your kids play with, maybe you don't know. Yeah, it's it's um. It's frustrating. So I was not offended by that. I. Uh, but it was nevertheless uncomfortable, right? Yeah, it was uncomfortable. And you, how did you feel? Were you uncomfortable? Were you squirming a little bit in your no, seat? Not squirming a little bit. I, the whole speech was just a uh, revisiting of the whole campaign that took place. Everything that she mentioned in her speech was spoken about during the campaign. And so this was just, uh, she was compiled everything at this one speech and, and, and spoke about it and talked to the uh, the folks that elected her to be uh, mayor of the city, city uh, the mayor of the city, which was overwhelmingly support, you know, seventy plus percent of the, the people in Chicago voted for her. So she was speaking exactly the way that she spoke during the campaign. I understand that, but was that wise? Was that a, a campaign speech or a governing speech? Um, I think it was a. Um, it was the, the final campaign speech. And yes, I think, I is think, that smart though? Yeah. Is that should she have? Had had been more gracious to the aldermen as opposed to putting a spotlight on them, well, like as if they're all crooks. No, no. My job is going to be to help um, fine tune the delivery to the, to the council members. I think that um, 
you know, meeting on a, on a regular basis with uh, aldermen to talk about the issues that are that are plaguing their their ward uh, and plaguing the city. I think it's going to be smart, and I think I, I'm going to advise her to uh, make sure that she's continuously discussing and having meetings with aldermen. I think it's important that she has a relationship with the aldermen, so that way she gets to know them. Did versus, she make your job more difficult by doing what she did? Well, no. I, I think I think that um, you know I supported her uh, in, in in my in my in my ward, and um, and I volunteered to work on other wards in, in order to help make sure she secured the northwest side of the city, where she won with eighty five percent of the vote. And so, um, no, she didn't make my job easier. Matter of fact, we had a pretty good turnout in on the northwest side for her. So. No, she's not making my job difficult. And the reality is, is that, remember, an alderman is the first line of defense for, for the constituents. They always come to you for everything. And so as long as you have that good dialogue and good communication with your constituents, you'll be okay. But Ray Lopez told me she has the votes for the reorganization, but where this strident tone is going to hurt her is when it comes time to raise taxes, to ask the alderman that she will absolutely have to do to take some very difficult votes to raise taxes to, to eliminate this shortfall that's a lot bigger than she even thought. Will that come back to haunt her, do you think, Matt? No. I mean, um, some of my colleagues clearly are upset about uh, you know, part of the speech, but that's what she ran on. She's a former federal prosecutor who ran on change, reform, transparency, um, moving forward. Uh, we need to work together. Uh, I'm confident that she'll be able to, we're going to have strong lines of communication between the council, not only chairman, but each alderman. Um, there's going to be more open dialogue. Um, I think things will be fine. People just need to settle down, um, get through some of our differences in recent weeks, and get to work. The aldermanic prerogative is going to be difficult. Even people who are on the leadership team say that needs refining. What do you think? Well, okay, an executive order is just that. I mean, she's put forward an executive order to to deal with an issue that she she ran on. She felt was was uh, an issue. I say, I tell my colleagues, we're the legislative branch. If for some reason the executive order that's in in place right now isn't working or it's hurting, then propose it, uh, propose an ordinance that that talks about a, a better way to deal to deal with the issue that you feel is an issue. So I, that's the thing. Executive order is that we're the legislative branch. We have the ability to introduce legislation to make it a lot easier for, for our constituents as well as for businesses. So do you expect that that will happen? I mean, she has an executive order. I don't know what it's, what, what it's actually going to accomplish because how do you stop someone from calling a department head other than requiring that department head to write it down in yeah. a report every 60 days but well, and and if they and if they do uh and if, and if a commissioner or a city employee does jot it down i'm i'm pretty confident that majority of my colleagues 100 percent of my colleagues are not doing anything improper i mean sometimes the city takes a little long to get things done and it gets into a system well sometimes things need to get moved up and so I look at my job as, as an advocate for my community. So if there's an issue that I, that I feel is a, a public safety concern or needs to get done immediately, I'm going to call the commissioner. So you're I'll, not going to stop calling that commissioner? No, I'll, I'm going to call whoever I have to call in order to try to get it done. And if they write it down, too bad. That's, that's fine. They can you're write not it embarrassed about that. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, we're supposed to send it, we'll, we'll codify it any way they want. The reality is, is that I'm there to represent 
my ward and my community, and I'm going to try to get whatever needs to be done, done. And how about you? You've been outspoken about the whole liquor license thing when they tried to, and when they did tweak it, and you said the alderman knows best. So you're, are you going to stop calling on permitting and licensing? No. I, I, I think it's incumbent upon aldermen not only be advocating for the residents of our community, but we're also communicating with department heads. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. If, uh, if someone were to come into my office and say, I want to put a tavern there, you know, we would have a community meeting. We would talk to the neighbors. If the neighbors were vehemently opposed to this, um, and you have community meetings, and you have communication between uh, a potential business owner, the neighbors around there, the greater community, and the Liquor Control Commissioner, and you know, the head of business affairs, um, via email, um, via letters from residents, um, you're going to be fine. Do your job and communicate not only with your constituents, but also with City Hall. So her executive order basically changes nothing because you're going to keep doing what you're doing. And if they write it down in a report, so be it. Yeah, I, I, You're not going to be the final word, but you're going to make sure that you weigh in, right? Abs absolutely. I mean, we, we live in the wards that we represent. Um, and uh, no, no offense to my colleague from the Mount Greenwood area, but if someone from Mount Greenwood is trying to make a decision in Portage Park without, without having any intimate knowledge of the, air, the issues concerning the, the, uh, the area, I would have a concern with that. So my job is to represent my ward, my community, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Whether they, whether they jot it down or not, that's fine. She says she's going to do this on zoning as well. She's going to change the zoning code or do whatever she has to do to take the final authority on zoning away from you guys. How do you feel about that? That's I, not going to work, I is think it? The, the message she's sending is we need more transparency. And in some cases in the past, we haven't had that. Um, but if we're doing our jobs, we won't have anything to worry about. You don't want to give up zoning control, do you? No. Uh, no. You're not going to do it. No, I, I think. Is that going to fly? I think that when it comes to zoning, uh, when it comes to other any other uh, reform ideas that are forward, I think it'd be it'd be um, uh, a little bit more strategic to convene a group of aldermen uh, that have a lot of knowledge on this and talk about the best practices. What is it that they're doing, um, and then take a look at how can we put forward a, a, a consistent, uniform process for for zoning. I mean. It's important that the community have the ability to talk about the zoning uh, project and have the, voice their concerns. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we'll, we'll still make that decision. So she's going to run into trouble if she tries to take zoning away from the alderman. I don't think it's I don't think it's running into trouble so much as it's about having a dialogue. And I think that um, I feel confident that as we move forward, relationships will 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 get better. Um, right now, there's change. A lot of people don't like change, especially if the, the, some of my colleagues that have been here for a, for a, lo a long time. Um, but it's, it's, it's a new day. Uh, the mayor wants to move forward with an agenda. She has, she has a, a mandate. We have a mandate. And so we're going to try to see where those mandates align and work together to get it done. You're not going to give up zoning, are you, Matt? Uh, no, I'm going to continue what I've been doing, presenting a case to you know, different leaders in city hall departments saying, this is what my community wants, um, which I've always done that, been very clear what I'm hearing from my neighbors. And I think as long as you're putting that case together, you're going to have an audience in these respective departments going to say, okay, this alderman knows his community. This alderman is communicating 
with both us and the community, and, and this is what their position is. Would she have the votes to take zoning out of the hands of the alderman? Because that will require an ordinance. Right. Uh, well, we're not. We're. I think that there needs a lot be a lot of discussion before we even move forward with an ordinance. That sounds like a no. I, I, no. I, 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 <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's tough to talk about a hypothetical like that. We need to see what it is, what it entails, what type of authority uh, we're going to keep. I think the bottom line is we should continue to have discussions about how something looks like and then what we, what we can support. What else is on her legislative agenda to get done immediately? Do you guys both know? Well, I, I know that right now uh, she's trying to get some things done down in Springfield. Um, there's about what a is her agenda there? Well, it's it's the timing was off because the, the session ends May 31st. And so uh, there's been a lot of days. Yeah, there's been a lot of things in the hopper uh, since uh, February as relates to legislation. And, and so you've got you've got the governor's fair tax. You've got the Capitol bill. You've got marijuana. You've got a bunch of things uh, that are that are down there. And because of the transition uh, for about um, for about a month or two, a month and a half, uh, there wasn't. There was a little bit of confusion as to uh, who was in charge and and was the the past mayor moving the agenda. How the transition yeah, was. Right. So there's been a, a lot of. It, there's seven days left until the end of session, and it feels like there's a lot of things that have been completed down there. So uh, I think the mayor is trying to make sure that we get our fair share of, of infrastructure and capital dollars. Uh, if there's a casino, making sure we get a casino. Uh, the legislation with the marijuana to make sure that again it helps the city. So those are those are things. What about that, on pensions? Uh, well, on pensions, I am, uh, I'm not too. I don't have the details on pensions, okay. but I hope uh, in in my discussions myself with some of the legislators, um, I've talked to them about the, the need for some type of relief, what that looks like, uh, and trying to see how we can work with all the uh, the the pensions as well as the the organizations that are represented by the pensions. Locally, what is her agenda to get done? Um, Quickly, fifteen dollar minimum wage. Uh, she's made it clear she fair work supports week. that. Um, what What are we talking about? She's um, made it clear she wants to um, get into the affordable housing issue that is kind of sat by the wayside. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things I, I want to bring up is um, the game is pensions and crime, and we need to, every decision that we're looking at needs to involve uh, possible solutions, new sources of revenue for this pension crisis. Okay, that is, that is give me a couple. Give me a couple um, that you will propose. Uh, one thing that I would like to revisit, something that I introduced before anybody brought up the um, um, transfer tax is put it towards pensions. Other people have had ideas on uh, you know, addressing homelessness, um, lead in the water. Um, I think our most critical need is is this pension crisis, and I proposed it two years ago, and um, people weren't interested in it. But I think we need to look at that. We need to look at that right away. How um, high and how much would it generate? Right. How much? How much? How how high you want to go? Uh, million dollar plus. Every, uh, a large increase on the million dollar plus. How much of an increase? Uh, that we, you know, we'd have to visit and see what the numbers would show, but you know, that's not going to solve it. It's going to put a small dent in it, but it's going to. It's something that we're talking about because one thing no one wants to talk about is raising property taxes, and if we don't come up with creative solutions, 
if we don't come up with new sources of revenue, that's what we're going to be looking at. And the people that I re represent have made it clear. We don't want to see our property taxes raised, Alderman. Gil, give me your idea for the shortfall, the pensions. Um, this, uh, there's, I think we need to take a look at uh, seeing what type of assistance we can get from Springfield as it relates to the actuary payments. Also, we need to take a look at what is the actual deficit. We've heard initially 98 million, then it was 250, now it's 700 million. So more than that, it's closer concerned. to eight. Yeah, so it continues. You think it's closer to 800 yeah. million? Is that is that you're hearing from the life of people? No, but that's when when you add it all up, you know, when you add up police and fire. Yeah, I, I think we're we're somewhere. Eight hundred million for the first budget. Gil, what what's your idea to solve that? Well, we, a property tax increase can't be avoided then. So we need to take a look at what's going to come out of Springfield as it relates to casino. Uh, None of that's going to come in time. You know that. Yeah, I know that. But what I'm saying is, it's hard Forget to it. it's hard to talk about what the number is. Okay. A budget. Locally. A, bu a budget. Locally. Is, a budget, what's the idea? A budget's a math problem. Okay. What's what's on what's the your idea for local local revenue sources? Well, again, not being privy to uh, the last administration as it relates to the budget, I, I think I'm going to try to insert myself a little bit more to find out where we're at with that. Um, I think we need to take a look at some efficiencies. We need to take a look at. Um, everything's on the table. That's what that's what's that's what it's about. I mean, the reality is that we're short. I don't know what that number is, so it's hard for me to come up with any ideas right now, uh, not knowing all the facts. So I, I I'm gonna, like I said, get a little bit more smarter. I have the ability now, now that I'm on her leadership team, to take a look at where we're at and propose ideas. Um, yeah, How about a volume-based garbage collection fee? The time yes. is up to the 950 a month was was <coughs> left in place until 2019. Here we are. It's 2019. Should we go to that? That's a good idea. I think everything should be on the table. What, what, why should we go to volume based garbage? Well, it's fairer, isn't it? It is fair. It, and it's an incentive it, it, to recycle. I was just going to say it's an incentive to recycle. Exactly. So those that those that are just paying a um, a fee of 950, but not generating as much garbage as your neighbor that may be doing more. I think I think it's it's more of an incentive to get folks, uh, and and that would really help out the 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 con the, the uh, contractor that has that contract now. So that way, because they're not making money right now, the waste management. Matt, you agree? You you have a recycling crazy neighborhood. Yeah, I, I have the best recycling record in the city, and it's deplorable. Yeah. Like we're the smartest kids in summer school. Um, but, so you, you but agree that we ought to go to volume-based garbage? We should look at that, absolutely. But as Why? Gil pointed out... Um, why should we you know, look at that? Everything needs to be on the table. But I mean, why, is, why does that make sense? If you fill up a half of, of, of a cart a week, and I have five carts out in front of my house, I'm using, you know, I, I'm using more resources. It's only fair that I would pay more. Um, but I do think that would get people to recycle more. The problem we have with recycling, as Gil pointed out, um, it's not as lucrative as it used to be. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's only getting worse. Yeah. Um, which is another problem we have to address. Um, just as if, you know, people talk about the legalization of marijuana and tax it and tax it. Well, what about the problems on the back end? You know, go out to Denver. Go talk to law enforcement in Colorado. Um, the problems they have on the back end, uh, those are problems we're going to incur very quickly. Before we go, 
you come from a, a ward heavy with police officers. You told them to trust Lori Lightfoot, that she is someone who wants to work with police officers. What message did she send by ch choosing as her head of her security detail a guy from the U.S. Marshal Service? Uh, is that a problem in your ward? Is that a problem among police officers? They took that as a slap. I don't think your average police officer took that as a slap. I, I think the, uh, the FOP took it as a slap. Um, at the end of the day, the mayor needs to know that her family, uh, her wife and her daughter are safe, um, which is most important to her. She feels comfortable with Jim Smith. Um, if she's comfortable with Jim Smith leading her team, I'm comfortable. And the people of my community, they want the mayor to be safe. They don't care who's doing the protecting. Alderman, both thank thank you very much, thank you. and good luck in your leadership roles. You need to get a whip and whatever else you have to keep those aldermen in line. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, and we'll see you all next week.